Hello, folks. Today we're sharing with you our 16th Costa Rica Pura Vida Lifestyle Podcast Series episode that deals with how one acquires their residency, also called legal status here in Costa Rica. We're touching on a, a lot of other topics as well. It's a very important and involved process from beginning to end. It's a process that more and more individuals and families are contemplating and doing as well. Many people are moving to Costa Rica at this point in time. There's so much unrest and uncertainty and the stress in the lives of many all over the world. And Costa Rica seems to be that Pura Vida lifestyle oasis. It's a land of peace and biodiversity and hope really for a more sane and tranquil life for all who care to find it. And today and throughout the coming weeks, I'm going to be spending some time with Kevin McNamee, who is the representative for Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts. He and his entire team have helped hundreds of people in acquiring their legal status and everything that's involved with the process for many, many years. He's an expert, a professional, and a perfectionist when it comes to his business, and I'm so happy to have him here with us today. We're recording a series of question and answer type episodes. Each episode will address and answer a few questions regarding the residency process, what you can expect when living in Costa Rica, and other topics that should cover just about every question that you have about the daily life that you're going to experience here in paradise. You'll learn about how to begin the residency process, how the entire procedure works, the time frames involved, and so much more. And most important, you're going to meet a new friend in Kevin who will indeed have your best interest at hand when you allow him to work hard for you. One of his clients told me that it's like hiring someone to build a new home. Kevin and his team, they roll up their sleeves and they don't waste any time in tackling the task at hand, which is getting you and your family ready to enjoy Costa Rica, hopefully for the rest of your lives. Kevin, again, I say welcome to you on this 16th episode, and we appreciate your spending a few minutes with all of us explaining everything you know about Costa Rica and what we all need to find out. Well, my pleasure, Skip. My pleasure. I look forward to, I keep saying this, but I actually do look forward to these little chats and, and uh, the opportunity to get my voice or get my convictions out to more people than I can by yelling from a street corner. That's great, Kevin. In our first 15 episodes, we discussed your personal history here in Costa Rica, how you got started in the business. And we also touched on many other important points. We reviewed the three main types of statuses and how we determine what status to pursue and why one needs to even think about the legal status in the first place. We went through some of the necessary things to think about. Uh, does one need to learn Spanish, how to start a bank account? So many questions that come up in the course of conversation and learning about how to move to another country. And there's no silly or stupid question. And we do appreciate your thoughtful answers to the questions that we're going to ask of you today. Uh, we're here with our many listeners, and they're eager to hear what you have to say today. So let's get started. Kevin, my first question is, are there a lot of traditions that people follow in Costa Rica uh, like we have here in North America, in the USA and Canada? Oh, yes. Then a few local ones that they rather like also, but just to list them, by far the biggest holiday here in Costa Rica is Easter. It typically is a closed shop here in the, in the country between 
Easter Sunday and the following week, it's everybody's at the beach, basically. Literally, it's not a, even a case of being basic. If if you did not, if you're a Tico, Tika, and didn't go to the beach on Easter, a week after everybody gets home, everybody's claiming they were there because it's a prestige thing also. But they do enjoy their Easter's. They, they are basically Christian or Catholic country. They do follow the, oh, the rituals of the church, but also they do follow the rituals of mankind and they do, they do enjoy themselves. It's a family time. I've been at the beach, excuse me. I've been at the beach when you literally see Ma, Pa, the kids and grandma and grandpa and the in-laws, grandpa and grandma. So it's, uh, it is a family time and, and very enjoyable. And uh, Kevin, we talked about the biggest holiday. What's the second biggest holiday in Costa Rica? Sort of a torn between Mother's Day, believe it or not. It's a very big holiday. Uh, it's a very big uh, celebration day, not necessarily a, ho a holiday. But literally in Costa Rica, it's a day for, unfortunately, having to visit graves and such if a person's lost a, uh, a parent or a mother in the last 20, 30 years. It's a day to remember and enjoy proximity to their former parent or current parent, parent I guess the best way of saying it. It's a, it's Mother's Day is, is, is mothers are respected and, and respected forever, simply put. So that would be the second one, probably tied with Christmas. And the ironic part about Christmas is that really it ends literally at midnight Christmas Eve. It's, a, it's amazing the hustle and bustle of the, of the previous three or four months. And when I say three or four months before Christmas, we for the last month now have had Christmas ornaments in the, in the stores and, and promotions and on and on ad nauseum about Christmas. But come Christmas Eve, midnight, it's over. Tilt and traditional Costa Rican family is uh, eating of the the uh, tamales, and that really is a serious, serious uh, celebration for family members and such. It's uh, it's it's almost a not only a family reunion, but it's almost a a race to see who can get a claim to being the best tamale maker and the various types of tamales that we make, the officiados can tell you, oh, those people made that one are from uh, oh, Nicaragua, and, and this one here, so that's Wanakasti, and, and down here, that's uh, the East Coast. All the tamales are certainly different, but they are, I have to admit, one of the most delicious things I've ever put in my mouth. There's a, that's the second, second A and B popular, uh, holidays here in Costa Rica. Sure. Speaking of traditions, uh, in the United States, of course, uh, it's fall and college football on Saturday and pro football on Sunday. Can one follow American football while in Costa Rica? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The, the, the American football is alive and well here in Costa Rica. 
not only for the expat community, but Costa Ricans also like to follow the local, the uh, American football. They, they just, they love sports and, and it shows up that, I swear to God, within, if you get three tickles together in a room, or tikas, or tikos in particular, you'll have three people riding and cheering for three different teams uh, of football, which of course here in Costa Rica is what you guys in North America refer to as soccer. And speaking of soccer, I assume that's the most popular sport in Costa Rica. Is that correct? Oh, I think it falls second beyond or behind income tax evasion. But uh, I guess we can't recognize that as our official sport. So, yes, definitely soccer is the number one sport here in Costa Rica. Kids from age one and a half to uh, are out there trying to trying to catch up to daddy when he's kicking the ball or the older brothers and such. It is, it is a, a tremendous sport here for whatever reason, the low cost entry cost where you don't have to have special uniforms and such and padding and all that. Perhaps that's a big incentive. The fact that there's not enough of a whole lot of uh, requirements other than a bit of a flat surface and, and some daylight and you'll, you kick a ball down the down the street, you'll have a game going before it gets to the other end of the street. It's it's a it's a pleasant change from having people. I won't say young people, but that's not fair to say that. But it's nice to see people not having their ear, ear the phones in the ear or iPads in the face. It's uh, it's refreshing. You could say it's almost a religion in Costa Rica. There's a lot of different teams, and I know there's a huge stadium there in uh, Savannah Park. Yes, our, our our gift from communist China is, you know, the Chinese made a, a direct investment throughout South and Central America and the Caribbean. And I saw pictures of the stadium, and I was looking at it saying, well, it looks a little different. Then realized that it was the it was a shade or the shadow of the the stadium that the Chinese built, and I believe it was in the Bahamas, if I'm not mistaken. But you couldn't tell the difference. It's a you know it's a cookie cutter, but they do this. The Chinese do this to increase their influence and and goodwill, and it's a very it's very effective. There's a fairly high Chinese interest in South and Central America and soon to be and perhaps already is in North America via Mexico because when the free trade was created the Chinese found the quickest way into the, China, the American market was by going via Mexico and building in Mexico and shipping as a Mexican product to the U.S. So I get, sounds like I'm getting political I'm not I I, it's a way over my head, but that seems to be the, the situation. Kevin, right down from the soccer stadium that we just talked about, it brings up another question. I know the U.S. Embassy is in Romasur, which is, again, a few blocks away from the uh, soccer stadium that we just spoke of. And 
the Americans in the United in uh, Costa Rica, they can utilize the U.S. Embassy for a lot of different information and uh, obtaining their passport. And it's just a, a good place to know where it is and very easy to get a uh, a face to face meeting. Uh, just talk a little bit about the U.S. Embassy there in Costa Rica. Okay, okay. In my business, because I'm dealing with so many people moving here and such, I get asked to take people or have arrange to have people taken to the embassy, various embassies. And I always find it uh, ironic that people seem to take great umbrage at, at, at uh, cussing their local embassy. And I find dealing with the American embassy, um, not only a relief, but it's it's um, it's a pleasure to deal with them. They, they must get harried, they must get <laughs> beaten up uh, verbally and, and such, you know, with people arraying about something. But I've never seen a more efficiently run embassy in in the country. Second, maybe to the Canadian one. It's the Canadian people embassy is um, very helpful. A little, little, little smaller, a little more low key and such. But the individuals are well trained and just like the American embassy. Talking about the information provided, they can make the application process not not easy, but less complicated. And on our suggestion. We could tell Americans how we how to do certain things that saves them copious amount of time and effort. And I'm going to use the example of when a person has to prove the income, we can arrange to have that paperwork supplied to them without having it had to be apostilled or collected in the U.S. and witnessed and blah blah blah. So yes, the embassy what we commonly refer to as Fortress America here in Costa Rica, because it does look like a major fort, but as explained to people time and again, if the bad guys are going to attack a, 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 a weak spot, they'll pick the, the weak spot of their choice. And I guarantee you, the uh, U.S. Embassy is not going to ever be considered the weak spot. It's uh, it's a well-developed, well-engineered, and well-planned embassy. It's a good tool to have when you're in Costa Rica. Just from uh, past experience, I know American citizens, they can apply for U.S. passports, and they can document their foreign-born children who qualify as U.S. citizens. Uh, you can notarize documents for execution, execution in the United States and inquire about Social Security benefits and other federal benefits. And if you need help in an emergency you can do that as well and they have a, a really nice easy website and yes, they that, do. yeah yes, they so do. i just wanted to bring that up and again i was reminded because i know it's so close to the soccer stadium kevin that's all we have for today of course it's been a pleasure and folks we've posted uh, kevin's contact information and his website address in the program notes that are associated with this episode and i really urge you to follow up with him through his contact us page of his website and i'm also going to post today's recording of our q a session on the website as well 
And also, when you're ready to have all of your questions answered, Kevin and his team, they're standing by to get started with your pathway to a new life to one of the happiest countries on the planet. Uh, by the way, if you haven't already, be sure to listen to our first 15 conversations with Kevin regarding residency and so much more. Again, all the links are posted at Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts.com. And also, if you like what you've heard today, why not share our Q&A session link with your friends and family? We love to share our knowledge with everyone who's interested, and we'd appreciate your helping us out in that respect. Finally, if you come up with any specific questions or topic that you'd like to, uh, Kevin to cover, let us know. Send your request to my email address at CostaRicaGoodNews at gmail.com. Kevin, as always, thanks again. We'll see you soon for our next conversation together talking about everything you need to know about uh, moving to, living in, and acquiring your legal status, Costa Rica. Thank you very much, Skip. Appreciate your time and uh, your, your intelligent questions. My pleasure, my friend, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Hasta luego.